when she proposed to me, the first thought in my brain was, does my mom know? You know? And then I think in less than 10 seconds, I turned to kind of see all the people there. And I saw our best friends like holding up phones and they had like our moms on FaceTime and you could see my mom crying, her mom crying. And I think I felt this sense of relief and I think I began to cry immediately. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of very, very shook at the fact that I was having this this moment and that all the people that I love were there and supporting like Jane. Not like, not on some like, I love who you love kind of shit. What's up everybody and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of black LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, joined today by Shia Patra. Shia Patra, tell the people about yourself. What's good, y'all? My name is Shia Patra. I'm a movement artist. I hail from Memphis, Tennessee. I've been living in Los Angeles, California for about 12 years now, dancing and creating professionally, and just kind of, you know, marching to the beat of my own drum. And I'm very happy to be here. We're actually just sharing and loving and living life. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah. So you live in LA. I live in LA. We love it out here, but we are not from here. No. You are from Memphis, Tennessee. What up? It's your host, Ashley, and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask, are you following us? Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace. Me. I am. So let's talk about your days in Memphis and when you knew you liked these ladies. Let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, like I said, I grew up in the M. And, um, you know, I feel like my coming out story is really... It's different to me because I feel like most of my life, I I wasn't necessarily aware that I had an attraction to women. Like a lot of things that I think about now or see now, it's in retrospect. So like there were moments where I might have been obsessed with some, like, you know how as a little girl, you might have like an older woman and like, she's awesome. So you're kind of like obsessed with her in like yeah. a like a look up to this person kind of way or she's really pretty kind of way and so I think when I think back on it it's kind of really hard for me to separate between if I was actually attracted to women from a really really young age or if I was just really infatuated with women because even as a even as a a, a gay woman now I'm very like I just love women like right. not even necessarily sexual right. or I just like think women are the best thing. Absolutely. Ever. So, <laughs> so I think that like sometimes I look back on things and I'm like, was I being gay there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Okay, Seven year old or something. <laughs> but I think it, it became more obvious once I got into high school, um, and then I started to meet other girls who were like exploring themselves and just kind of being more open and vocal. I had um, there was a a lesbian couple I went to school with in high school which was like very rare Mm -hmm. they're like super open and I took a class with them and 
they walked each other to class every day. They held hands. They would give each other's kisses goodbye. And this was like very like for me beyond this time. Um, and I feel like I always really was intrigued by it, like all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh, I see. Oh. You know, that little feeling. Um, and then I think around like 11th grade, I had a homegirl who was like my best friend. And I, after some time, she decided to reveal to me that she was bisexual. I had no idea. I might, you know, yeah. I, I was a person who minded my business a lot. Right. <laughs> and so she was just like, she wrote me this long thing telling me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And, right. Hoping, like, with the sense of hoping that I would continue to be her friend and wouldn't judge her in these things. And I remember being like, girl. Is that like, what she was hoping? Or was, yeah. she, or was she hoping you was going to be like, well, you know what, girl? <laughs> actually. And he's that's my first girlfriend. That's and my first love. What? Uh, look at that. Look, that's how it works. So I had that whole like, um, I think a lot of us might have it, that whole kind of like transition from like friend to girlfriend, because we were also a secret for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, on my part, not necessarily on hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, when I we dated from mm, my junior year until right after I graduated high school. When I graduated, we broke up and then I told my mom. Actually, my mom told me that she- Don't you, she knew? <laughs> You're like, bro, why you ain't tell me? <laughs> like, why am I stressing out all this time? Right. Told me that you knew, so But no, my mom kind of just came at me like on some like weird nervousness of like, Oh, I was watching this TV show and they were talking about oh, God. children who were coming out and I was like hard just beating like, what is she talking about? Right. And uh, she just eventually asked, you know, if I liked women. We had this whole thing. And at the time I told her that um, I still liked women, but it was still attracted to men. So I wasn't really sure where that was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she just kind of was like, okay. And then from there, I feel like if my mom knew, I didn't care about anybody knowing or their judgment. And so I came out at 19. Like after I told my mom, after that, it was pretty like I was open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's up after that. It's up. Yeah. It's up. (laughs) Um, So what was that journey for you? Just like coming into your sexuality, confidence um, all through like your 20s. What was that like for you? Because 20s is already like disastrous, like in terms of just figuring yourself out. Right. And then on top of that is this queer thing that we got to figure out how was that for you yeah it probably was as much of a catastrophe as you probably think it was (laughs) and like again you put in the perfect elements just like 20s on top of like the lesbian scene the gay scene in general very messy uh just because there's so many people figuring out so many things and then a lot of times when you're from a city like mine the community is smaller so you don't really have a choice but to continue to kind of like yeah. figure life and what you like in the same with them eight people. <laughs> so like everyone just hates each other and like, <laughs> you know, just lots of beef and things like that. So it was really interesting. I feel like I learned a lot of lessons. I learned a lot about self-value um, because a lot of people think that when you date women, I, I think a lot of, there's a misconception probably with straight people that like, if you, the two women dating, it must be like easier because you're not dealing with like, you know, like nigga, nigga shit. <laughs> right. 
But like, I think I really, so I kind of went in guard down a little bit, like, oh, they're not going to be like this. And then I think that was the moment that I realized that like, no, seriously, all humans are equal. Like mm -hmm. you can't, mm -hmm. the things that you deal with. Mm -hmm. Women are um, more complicated than men. To, the truth is, it's just that we're women too. So we know what it is. Exactly. Like, that's all. But men are much simpler than women. Like it's true. Men, they, they say exactly what they want. I yeah. want sex. I want attention. I want food on the table. I want, like, they say exactly what they want. Women be like, you ain't put, close the door right. you like, oh, exactly. she, I ain't gave her enough to get out. You fussing. She fussing. Right. Look, she fussing. Okay, I got to take her out on a date. Like, you got to decode it, but you're a woman too, so you get it, you know? So it's like that. That's the... That's the that's the jig of it. But we all complicated. We all we all got our own, you know, it ain't easy, <laughs> easier dating a woman, that's for sure. <laughs> it's really not easy. And I think that's like I think that was a shocker for me. Like there was somebody, I think it helped me understand myself more how complicated I could be. And like, you know what I'm saying? I think it made my relationships with it's odd. I would say I think that dating women made my relationship with women and understanding women even better. Uh, but I think it made me understand men better. Mm -hmm. I think it helps me to like build better relationships with men and like kind of really not see them as from such like a judgmental space in certain areas and just kind of realize like, actually, I appreciate this about you now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate yeah. your ability to go. I don't like it. That's it. Like to just say it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. Lots and of tears. I, and I have to decode it. <laughs> Lots of lesbian tears. All those <laughs> yeah. things. Move yeah. outs and move-ins and breakups. Yeah, yeah. U-Hauls and whatnot. Sub-tweets and all those things. Yeah, no, nah, that's the journey though. That's the journey. And now you are married. I am. So lucky. I'm yes. so lucky. Yes. Congratulations. Thank Welcome you. to the married life. Yeah. Happy to have you here. There's no welcome package um, and nothing like that, but you're here and we are happy to have you here Yo, on this you. side. Thank you. You know, I'm happy to be yeah. a part of the club. I feel so, official. Yeah. So um, I'm going to do it this way. So if y'all want to know how they met, you got to go watch her wife's interview to get that story. Yeah. What I'm going to ask her, her wife is Yoey. We, we talked a couple of months ago. So y'all want that story. Y'all go talk to her. I want to know your perspective, but then I also want to know, because she told me she proposed to you. She did. How you felt, what was going through your mind during those moments? Um, and leading up, did you have any idea that that was coming? I actually had no idea. Again, I, I said earlier, like, I'm really big on minding my business. So, like, I don't... <laughs> you took that to the next level. Like, I am minding my business. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I'm not going to be, you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. I didn't really know a whole lot. And at the time, um, well, it always, we're always creating a lot. And so she used, I feel like, the perfect, just disguise to to really not help me know, have me notice, which was just using, like, the saying we're going to go do a video, do something creative. So that really threw me off. Um, and then I just remember in the moment, I think my first thought was when I turned around, was kind of like, does my mom know? Wild, right? But it was the first thought mm -hmm. in my head because for a long time, my mom has always um, 
She's always been like, I feel like a fan of Eurelis. Always, like from the from the jump, which was different because my mom kind of always minds her business, mm-hmm. which I think is like this thing, especially when you grow up very Christian, but your mm-hmm. mom or your parents are kind of like still open to life. So they, they it's like they're accepting everything you're doing, but they don't get too involved, right? Yeah, so they just keep it I real. They're just like, oh, she's going nice to meet her. And then that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was kind of always that way. Um, And then when I met Yoi and she started coming around, I noticed my mom kind of like took like an interest a little bit more in these things and such. And then eventually got to a point like where I noticed my mom like loved her. Like she Mm -hmm. talked to her, called her spare time type situation. Right. But Mm -hmm. we still never really had a talk about like how she felt about me marrying a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, you know, I'm gonna do it regardless. I'm gonna do what I feel like God has called me to do because I believe God is in all of our decisions despite Absolutely. what people may learn. Absolutely. So um, I just knew like, I'm gonna probably marry this woman anyway. And we'd had talks about it a couple of years back because I think my mother noticed that she just felt something. I think she felt like we were going to be together forever. She felt that and love, man. She said, hey, you think you're going to marry Eurelis? And I told her, I would if, if that's what she wants to do. And I think that was a lie for my mom to swallow, like to physically hear it, even though mm-hmm. she knew it. And so we had like a little 20-minute little tussle because I think she was, it was, she was fighting that one last straight hope. Like, are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, like, it's this, sure, it's this right? one guy right here in Memphis that you have never seen or talked to. I think you should really, <laughs> you're like, mom, come on. I think you should try this out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm pretty sure, you know. And then um, I think she realized like there was nothing. There was no, uh, because it got to the point in the conversation where I told her like, I love you, but if you like, if you don't accept it, I'm okay with it. And I think she really felt that like the lack of care of like she like she gonna do whatever she want to do yeah um and so I think that immediately just allowed her to see like okay she really loves this woman and I know that they love each other I can feel they love each other so it's time for me to kind of stop fighting what I know is like a true feeling sometimes what you're raised on is fighting like what the spirit is telling you, what you yeah. read is fighting what the spirit is telling you. And I think yeah. she kind of accepted that. And then we were able to, to, you know what I'm saying? Do the thing. So when I got, when she proposed to me, the first thought in my brain was, does my mom know, you know? And then I think in less than 10 seconds, I turned to kind of see all the people there. And I saw our best friends like holding up phones and they had like our moms on FaceTime and you could see my mom crying and her mom crying. And I think I felt this sense of relief. And I think I began to cry immediately, Mm -hmm. like just kind of very, very shook at the fact that I was having this, this moment and that all the people that I love were there and supporting like genuinely, not like, not on some, like, I love who you love kind of shit, like on some Mm -hmm. real, no, we fuck with this. So it's really dope for me. Yeah. Really- yeah, that's her. That was Yoey's big D energy moment. You know, I, I talk. I, I, I mess with. I mess. I mess with her about that on the on the last one. She was talking about her house, and I was like, yeah, she hit you with that big D energy. That grown woman, like I got you. But yeah, Yoey Yoey hit you with that one. <laughs> she did. It was so unexpected. It yeah. was very, especially because she's younger than me. Uh huh. I always told her like she would talk about marriage, and I didn't know she would take me seriously. But I always say. 
I'll marry you in a heartbeat, but I'm older than you. So I feel like I'm more ready for marriage. Like I'm more ready to settle. And so I'll never, unless you literally are saying to me, like, let's do this. I'm not, I feel that she deserved to be able to live, not engaged or married as long as she wanted to before she wanted to make the decision. But Yoey moves rather quick. And I feel like she knew like really early, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So she was already plotting and planning and buying rings on the tour and doing all kinds of stuff like that. I didn't even know. So um, when she actually proposed to me, I remember thinking like, Hey, like you, and she was like, no, yeah, that's it. You're my person. So it was really awesome. She, she did that shit. (laughs) I love it. What talk about from your experience. Um, what are what were those things that for you dating uh someone that was younger than you that made you feel comfortable because I think sometimes people you know what we all have those like milestones like oh I want to do this by this and this and this and blah 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 and um being some being with somebody younger what was the where where did that confidence come for you to be like you, you know leaning all into that whether it was things that you did or things that she did to make you feel comfortable um with with being able to go forward I think what made me comfortable off top was uh, the sense of maturity she had at a very young age. I think that there obviously were like a lot of immature areas and same for me. Um, But I think that it was just peculiar to me, someone so young who had such a focus on like what I felt like were important things, like things that you should be prioritizing at that age. And I was not, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. that's the first thing that kind of turned me on to her in the sense of like, you're kind of messing with this because I don't necessarily, it's odd. I feel like I always date somebody younger than me, which I don't even know how that happens. But I prefer older energy. And so um, I think when she came around, it was just like, okay, let's see where this goes because there tends to be only a matter of time before someone younger than you really is like, I'm younger than you. Like they show mm-hmm. you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she never really did in a way that was like alarming or like too much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I could always tell that she probably had a great sense of responsibility in her life from a young age and come to find out she did. You know what I'm saying? There were a lot mm-hmm. of things she had to do with help out around the house with her mother having MS and being sick and things like that. And so um, I think that helps more than anything she was already really smart about like money like we were having conversations about money and she was already like yeah no, I'm saving this and that and I was just kind of like still not saving you know what yeah I'm saying? yeah so many areas um and we talk about that now how like it's important to be with someone who adds to your partnership like who enhances things about you Absolutely. and so she was such an enhancer in so many areas for me that I kind of started to not see how young she was. And then I think that I'm really young at heart. I have like, you know, these stern like auntie moments and I am young, but I'm older than her. So I feel like I have, I think I would have a lot of these moments energetically that gave like 21, 22, Mm -hmm. 23, Mm -hmm. even now. So I think it was easier for her to not really notice I was older either because I don't, really act like anybody Mm -hmm. that is my age you know what I'm saying like a lot of my younger friends I'm always like I'm older than y'all I'm tired of referencing things (laughs) you know (laughs) and they're always like she we always forget that you're not our age until you like ask us about something that came out like three years before we really 
you know, you just be they start rapping little baby songs, and you be like, but no, but Q-tip though. Yeah, you know, I'm like, they're like, do you remember this on Disney? And I'm like, like, no, do you remember mm -hmm. this on Disney? (laughs) And you just miss it by a couple of years shy. Yeah, like, oh my god. So I think that was the that those are the really the only times where it really comes out, but. I kind of feel like we don't at this point we don't even see the age. Yeah, dope. I mean, once like, you married, ain't, ain't that's all that's all out the window at, at that point. We locked in. Yeah. Don't even yeah. matter. Don't even matter. Nope. Um, Not at all. I think. Um, speaking of young energy, man, listen, them dance moves, bro, <laughs> be killing me. <laughs> I'll be like, man, y'all too lit. But um, talk about your dance career. Talk about your you know your specific space that you occupy as a creative. Um, and all the things that you do. All right. So essentially I moved to LA to be involved in like entertainment. I always wanted to uh, just be in acting and singing and dancing. I grew up doing like theater. I also grew up playing sports and playing uh, instruments. So like a lot of those things, when I moved here, I moved with dance in mind as first priority. Um, But I also was very open to being able to do all these other things like acting and singing and getting into like these other bags um but I think the older I got and the more like choices I made the kind of vision of what I was supposed to be doing was kind of revealed and so I kind of was like okay dance like my job is to create whatever purposes uh purposeful work or get the message across with this particular tool right now and so when I got here I was able to dance with a lot of people do a lot of different things uh work with people like Missy Elliott um done some stuff with Pharrell with Chris Brown I've done some Mm -hmm. stuff with like a lot of other people Mm -hmm. I did some Childish Gambino stuff Super Bowl just a lot of different things right and so it was really interesting and really cool but what I realized is that that was like a brink of what I really wanted to do. I started to realize that I didn't necessarily want to be like a backup dancer. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do that in an experience, like in an experience type of way, but not in a consistency kind of way. And so um, I started to notice like within jobs, within certain things that there was like a limit to how much I was able to really show who I was as an artist because when you are hired to fill certain spots in certain roles, you are limited with how much you can be yourself. Yeah. Um, and for some people that is exactly what they set out to do and it works perfectly and it is amazing. Um, but for me, I think that my goal was just a little bit different and my purpose was a little bit more different. And so in working with more artists and working with more people and seeing what that world was like, um, I started, I decided that there was something that was kind of missing um, within this space that I wanted to see more of, not just like in a physical sense, but um, in a spirit sense, energetically, all of these things. I think that when money becomes involved in things, it's easy to kind of take away the root or the purpose of what you're doing. Cause you're just trying to like survive and get money. So that's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think eventually I started to realize like, I, I feel like I want to expand more and I had these talents. And so over the years, I just started to build. I started to buy cameras. I started to pay more attention on set. You know, instead of like just going and sitting in the green room, I started asking questions to the camera people or like looking at the way things are running, trying to see 
what what I needed to know, what did I need to learn in order for me to be able to put my own visions out there? Because there are a lot of things I wanted to say and see that had they weren't being made and there was no space to do it. So I feel like in that point, that's when you learn, like you have to sometimes just do things. You can't wait for nobody. Yeah. Um, and so I got to that point of like not waiting for anyone. And then it slowly slipped uh, from being like this movement artist who was seeking to be able to like show you my gifts and talents with me on the forefront, with the gift on the forefront and not necessarily behind hidden because dancing itself is genuinely a God gift. So I felt that that was important. Um, I started figuring out like, I want to do short films. I want to do documentaries. I want to do these things. And so from there, I think everything expanded. And then I started becoming not um, <clears throat> just a movement artist in a sense, or just a dancer, but a movement artist. So someone who encapsulated all of these things that went beyond just dancing um, and feeling, which is all you need really, but that went beyond just the feeling of dance and, and communicating, being a vessel, but also like using that to bring culture together to talk about the the African diaspora and talk about how we not really connect, we not really disconnected even though we think we disconnected and how dance and how art and how the spirit of of these artsy things are really holding us together um and so then I started to figure out how to use dance for my activism I grew up with you know a mom who was in activism in a sense and mm-hmm. I went to all the things that started to pour into my dance and kind of just expand it. So now I'm here and I'm like, I feel like I'm all things dance when we talk about behind the camera, in front of the camera. Uh, we talk about the education of it. We talk about the expansion of it. That's that's what I do now. It's a little bit more for me um, than just saying, I dance with this person because that's beautiful, but how does that change the world? Yeah. You know, so that's been the focus. No, I love it. And, um, you know, one, one thing that I love about, um, you know, you and, and kind of how you do what you do so well is you're super consistent. Like, I, I think like y'all, y'all turn out content like crazy. Right. And, yes. you know, after having so much success, y'all dance with some of the best, biggest names. Right. And you, I, I say they, cause the councilwoman, which I want you to talk about too. Um, you guys, first of all, y'all support each other. Like it's always the same crew, right? Like it's like, we are the crew, like it's us, right? Like we got each other, that, that community part, but then also just like the consistency of like, even though you've done, you've amassed certain successes, you still got to be super consistent. Like talk about that part of, of the journey, both the community and supporting each other. And just consistently, like, because I'm sure there are days where it's like one person don't want to don't want to do it. But like, yeah, everybody else do. So like they come and then it's a whole vibe or like that's the day that the video went viral or like, you know, those yeah. were the moments where like nobody was like everybody was like, man, Sunday, like I'm trying to chill. Like I'm just trying to kick back. But like right. somebody's like, yo, let's go. And we go. And then like, damn, like that it was goes. the one, you know. So talk about that. Um, I think that it's when it came to like specifically the council and the collective, I just thank God for them. And I thank God for them being women who, because they are amazing. And these are like, these are alpha females. These are women, the top of what they do. So I'm really grateful that God blessed me with women who had like a sense of humbleness within themselves, um, which I also would like to think that I have. And it allowed us to be in a space 
where we all could be like really great together and not hate on each other. And yeah. so that was like the first thing. And so um, I believe that in us being able to have such powerful energy around each other, it kind of is always bouncing off each other, even when we're not really thinking about it. Um, and so I think that makes it easy for us to be able to come together on a consistent basis. One, because we're feeding each other. And I don't yeah. know if anyone has had an experience of being fed, but when you are being fed, it's kind of like you kind of want to keep going back. You know, you're getting better. I don't know if it's like you at the gym or you're doing whatever and you feel this thing, you know, it's happening and you see the progress and you see the process is working. And so you want to keep going back. And so I think that we provided that for one another. But I also think that um, just like being in a space where we can, I wanted to create a space where like we can come together and create all of these things. But I kept saying, what's most important to me is balance. So like for as much as we come together and create, I don't, what I'm doing, I take very seriously. And uh, I don't just open my vessel. I don't just open my spirit to anybody. Mm -hmm. And that was something I kept communicating to them. Like, I don't, I don't have a big crowd around me. I don't do these things because I think that what I was given is precious and I have to protect it. And mm -hmm. I feel the same way about y'all. And so with that being said, you're here to build within these certain purposes. But if you're here, we're building a family. And that's pretty much a rule in my life. If you come into my life, that is the way that we're going to pour off on you. It's like, you have to learn how to be a human. You have to learn how to love. You have to learn how to sit next to somebody who get more jobs than you this week and still be a good person. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to sit next to this person and get more jobs than them and be a good person. You It puts you in front of things and in front of situations within a small group that allows you to, to balance engage if you got a if you're a good person if your ego is doing well you know we yeah. are very responsible for each other we are very like hey what are you doing how is it going you're you're tripping a little bit in the sense of who are these people that kind of give you we are those <laughs> mm -hmm. people for each other because in a space like the industry people pretty much just tell you whatever you want to hear yeah. if you are remotely if you have a if you are even remotely in a sense of popularity like that people mm -hmm. are just like yes 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 and it doesn't allow you to really grow and see that your shit stinks so mm -hmm. I feel like for us that's a big thing that's why you see us together so much because I knew that you can't lie on the spirit you can't lie on the art so we can't just come on in front of this camera and dance and that's the only time we hang out yeah you'll feel that yeah you'll know it without you even knowing humans we communicate without communicating all the time mm -hmm. and so i just felt that it was important that if we wanted to move with the force of god and move with the strength of like a unit it had to be more than just like the dance and the paychecks it had to be like no nah, when i'm like when i'm crying when it's a bad day i'm having a panic attack i'm calling you first it had to be that way you know what I'm saying because I think that once you can trust somebody through and through on all these other areas where you might have triggers and traumas then when it comes to the art you don't have to think that hard yeah about when you're dancing in the room if this person really wants you to win or if this person really you just it's like sitting with your mama and your mm -hmm. daddy or your family and so that was like mad important um it's like the most important thing to us right now yeah it's the bun because even if we all stop dancing if we're bonded, we 
it's nothing we can't do. Yeah. yeah. That's how, that's how life works. That's how community works. So yeah. that was the goal for the council, like to, to just keep that sense of like camaraderie and set examples for other strong women, especially mm-hmm. strong black women. Yes, absolutely. It's just not really a dynamic in where you see us working together in pods. You see it often with black men, often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing us come together like that and going, no, we're putting all our resources into this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make it work because that's how life works. You know, mm-hmm. that was really important for us and really yeah. important to me. Yeah, no, it's dope. I think it's I think it's dope because I think community and anything that you're doing is important. Like community is, and I think we just gotten away from like that, like that being a thing. Like come yeah. to them, like let me feed you. Like let me yeah. like come to the house. Like come get a meal. Like that's let's me. kick it. You yes. know, like that's Mandatory. you know hospitality. You know, um, um, it's it just goes such a long way, especially you know for us that are like you know out here. You're trying to chase your dreams. It's, it can be isolating. It can feel lonely. Absolutely. And so to have like, to build whatever you consider family, um, it becomes important because those moments where like, there's a viral clip going around right now of Lisa, um, uh, Leslie Jones, where she's like talking about how she uh, wanted to quit comedy. Um, and she said it, it wasn't that necessarily, necessarily she wanted to quit. She had a bad moment, but she was like, you know, you're going through this and you like going on tour. You're like by yourself. You're like, whatever. And you're like, man, you know, sometimes you just want to quit, you know, but when you have community around you, you have people that love you for real, that know what you put in, that was shooting in the gym with you Absolutely. when you was creating things and you was in the, you know, on the ground, you know, on top of being queer, right? Like, <laughs> you Definitely. know, it, it, it's like, you need that so much like that those moments of like yo look today I'm just not with the shit and that you have these people that like be like nah sis you got it like you you remind you of how amazing you are like you need that community you know so I think it's dope I I love it and I think it's it's a model I think could be emulated in every way you know every industry but we got to get back to the root of just hospitality and loving each other as people first you know so the core of it absolutely yeah and that's really how that you you said it um, you answered, like, I never answered the question, but you answered just answered it yourself, which is that's how we really do stay consistent in a lot of things. Um, I feel like I can speak for myself that I've always kind of been like a natural, like, one monkey ain't gonna stop no show. I'm gonna figure yeah. it out. Get, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna do it every day. And I'm gonna, but I feel like they made it easy to like be consistent with that because they saw that it worked and nobody fought me on it. Nobody was like, well, why, why don't you try it this way? Which is a big mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah. if, it doesn't, if it works, go for it. And I think everyone was like, no, I, I see what you're doing and that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And I think because we all could come aligned on how we feel about what each other's doing and can respect it. Now, when I'm having a day where I don't want to be creative, then I got four women who can come and call me and say get your ass out the bed yeah, what's going what you on doing? Uh-huh. what are you doing mm-hmm. I haven't heard from you in a couple of days I haven't seen you put anything up you know or or even people who give you the permission to not do so you know yeah. I had a a bit of a funk last year it's like personal things not really all right just personal things life you go mm-hmm. through things yeah and I had a moment where I just kind of like it, it kind of cut off my interest in like waking up every day and being as creative and so there was a moment for me last year where like things genuinely slowed down. I was still very active in everyone else's life and showing up and shooting yeah. for people and doing things and, and still working and doing a job. But like 
there wasn't a sense of presence for a yeah. minute. Um, and even having them tell me that was okay is a good thing because then you can have people make you feel like you are an inadequate person mm-hmm. or you are less than for the for needing space and for needing yeah. time to be human. Yeah. Um, and so to have constant reminders to keep you grounded, that's really the key. That's why you have the group. Yeah, yeah. No. It's dope. really for your health. Yeah, yeah. And, and then for their have, health. You yeah. know, it's no point in doing this. If you sad all the time, like you got all the money and you sad all the time, you depressed or you missy all the time, you none of it's not worth any of those things. Um, if you're gonna go big, go big. If you're gonna sacrifice the negativity and put it out of your life, put it out your life completely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, hundred percent. So that that absolutely. definitely keeps us going. Just love like it. accountability. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So let's talk about your fashion. Yep, because it's lit, man. You 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 with the colors, the hair. Because I saw you know I stalked you. I stalked your Instagram, of course. Um, <laughs> so I don't went back to you know what I'm saying a couple Me years ago. Looks. And it, you know, it's definitely, I love the, I love just the freedom, you know, in it. Like, it's just like, you got the fade, you got the wig, you got the everything. Give me all the looks. What's the moment? What is the moment? Right. But, um, like talk about just your freedom and fashion and, and, and just your look and your hair and everything. Now I will say I'm a sneakerhead. Okay. The way y'all be dancing on some of them shoes. You know, that's like one of the biggest comments. People Listen, are like, no, the way, the the way y'all like, tear the ones up in them videos. I'll be like, bro. Uh, we be tearing them shoes up, sis. Tearing I haven't them shoes up. Man. Them shoes up. <laughs> I, now, y'all look good, but Jesus, y'all be tearing them shoes up. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. Okay, I will say, though, like, for me, um, I think it's it's... It's a little bit different for me because see, I really, I really mess up the shoes that like I only have those one pair. Mm. A lot of people don't tell you, but they have multiple shoes. I know a lot of dancers who like, all right, I'm a dance in these ones because I've had them for a while and I'm okay now. We're like, Let letting them go. Them mm-hmm. shit. yeah, I, I will like have, get a pair of like any new shoes and probably wear them without dancing for like one week. And then I'm like, all right, because in my brain, that's just how I work. Um, so with fashion, it's really funny, like for people to even refer to me in any sense with fashion, because nothing is really like, I'm not a purposeful person. <laughs> like, I don't know anything. I don't know brands. I can't really, I know basic shit. Like shit you just grew up seeing, you know, Nike, you know, Adidas, you know, you know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. like people come up to me and go, yo, is that hat so-and-so, so-and-so? And I'm like, uh, I got this hat at Ross. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. that person. Or like, I spent, this might be an expensive outfit, but for every expensive outfit I have, there are like 20 outfits that like, I just randomly bought pieces over the years. Mm-hmm. I was at this vintage shop. I was in this random, really dope store somewhere in this place. And so I just like clothes. Yeah. And I just like, um, I like being able to like access how I feel in the moment. That's why you're like, all the looks, like, what am I giving? And I'm like, no, sometimes I really feel like a video vixen. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna give you like the, the stuff. I really feel like Diamond from the Players Club right now. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to eat you up. Or 
right? Or like, it's like, sometimes it's giving very much like I'm, everything is, I don't know, eighth grade, ninth grade, me on a basketball team. So it's giving very much tomboy, very mm -hmm. much baggy, very much like borderline could be stud, could not be stud. Like it just, I'm Good. everywhere with it. And so I think that's how I express myself. I like change a lot. Uh, anybody who knows me and comes to my home knows that I physically change the furniture around my house once every two weeks. If, if it's that, that late. I just change. I like to like have different. And so I think before my home, I used to express that and still do through hair and clothes. Mm -hmm. And once I hit like 18, I got my, that was like my first big hair statement. I cut all my hair off to go natural. But before then I was dressing, I was doing like a lot of weird dressing up in high school, a lot of random outfits, but people yeah. liked me. I was likable. So like, it was just kind of like, oh, you know, she just does her like little weird thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I just kind of stuck with that. So yeah. even yeah. now I'm always like grateful that people really like the way I dress because I'm like, wow, thank you. Like, it's really a feeling, but I'm also kind of like hurt because people, I have friends that want me to dress them. And then when I try to dress them, they never like it. And I don't translate. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so this really is just made for me. For you, like, yeah. You don't feel the same way I feel. So, no, thank you so much for that because it's really not a thought. Like, it's really like what makes me feel good today. I don't even, I, I don't even like being too matchy because I don't even think that's my personality. Mm. You know, I don't, mm. I don't. This is matchy enough. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, let's find something to just. Yeah. I just try to dress according to my personality. So I think it works. I think that's maybe why you like it you know what i'm no, saying yeah. i think it's it just look, it's your it's it's you you know it it it's you right like it's it fits, me, yeah. you know yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah yo yo we coming home to different people all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she loves it because she gets to like really explore yeah. I think, more within her her fashion and like what she likes to do she gets to play dress up a lot with some of the things that like i buy or um I think she really enjoys me dressing her. Like she'll, when we have things to do, she'll kind of like, let me know like, Hey, we have to go here. So, and I'm like, do you want help? And she's like, yes. <laughs> you know, so her and the girls, they do that often. And it's pretty cool. I love um, it makes me so cool to be able to like, yeah. Put so it's like, a, it. like painting a picture, you know, yeah. like, Oh, yeah. I like this color. I like this thing. It makes me happy. It's creative. So yeah, very, no, I love it. I love it. I think it's dope. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, we're going to play a quick little game. Ooh, let's do it. Yeah, we're going to play a game of this or that. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just taking a little sip of this applesauce here. I've been waiting. Got it. Go ahead. If y'all never had um, strawberry banana Monster. applesauce, it's good. Get into it. Thank you. Ha! That's a note. Get y'all some <laughs> applesauce. Write it down. Um. Okay. You ready? Ready. I'm ready. Sports bra or underwire bra? I just got an answer, right? Got an answer. Sports bra. Laundry or cooking? Cooking. What you like to cook? Everything. Anything with seasoning that's very <laughs> flavorful. I love food, girl. I'm like, experience. I'm, Lots of season cans shaking everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Day yeah. at the spa or watching sports all day? Spa. Short hair or long hair? 
It depends. Right now, I'm going to say, I'm going to say short. Let's stick with it. Let's stick with it. Lipstick or lip gloss? Lip gloss. Sports car or big truck? Sports car. Big wedding, small ceremony? Small ceremony. Right. (laughs) Uh, Stay up late or sleep in? Mm. Ah, stay up late iron or redry it iron <laughs> thank you jesus uh, i said if another person come up here real. and say this redry because i like that that's really a thing people really be redrying their clothes to iron them um i'm like that's like 30 minutes <laughs> negative and the only thing i'm gonna put in the dryer is like some like some like like a cotton something jogging pants yeah. or something you can't i am you know you have to put them in there mm-hmm. but other than that like iron it because it's Thank not you. even gonna work out for you that that redry stuff is crazy to me uh pay or have her pay pay pillow princess or i'm on top <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, a, I'm an equal opportunity employer. Uh, it's hard to make that choice. Because <laughs> do both. Hey, um, I'll say I'll say on top because I'm a pleaser. Hey, I, I'm a big pleaser. Big energy, <laughs> feel me? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All day long. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. So tell the people where they can find you. All right, check it. You can find me anywhere in life, but I would prefer you to come to the gram because it's really the only social media platform I like. So come to Instagram, Sheopatra underscore. That's it. S-H-E-O-P-A-T-R-A underscore. And you can find the council at the council women. Get into it. Go follow some other great queens. They're amazing. Yes, sir. Y'all go follow her. Go follow go follow well thank you so so much for coming through i really appreciate it this was such a vibe this was a great thank conversation you. absolutely i had um, fun i love good. this i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> hey y'all already know man this is another episode of the queerly black show i'm your host ashley i'll catch y'all on the next one peace, peace. <laughs>